Ignition running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. It is 5.09 in Atlanta. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Random aside before we get into DACA, uh, I mentioned on Friday you can get the podcast on iTunes and whatever Google has, and apparently you couldn't um, because it wasn't in the Google Play podcast directory. They just sent me an email in the last 20 minutes and said as of 5 p.m. it would be in the Google Play directory. So if you have an Android phone in Google Play, you should be able to get the Eric Erickson Show podcast. Uh, subscribe and review. That actually is an easy way to help the resurgent and help us. Now, we've got to get into DACA. It is a big headline. The president deciding to suspend the DACA program. Actually, the Attorney General doing it. Here's Jeff Sessions from earlier today. I'm here today to announce that the program known as DACA that was effectuated under the Obama administration is being rescinded. The DACA program was implemented in 2012 and essentially provided a legal status for recipients for a renewable two-year term worker authorization, and other benefits, including participation in the Social Security program uh, to 800,000 mostly adult illegal aliens. The policy was implemented unilaterally to great controversy and legal concern after Congress rejected legislative proposals to extend similar benefits to, on numerous occasions to this same group of illegal aliens. In other words, the executive branch, through DACA, deliberately sought to achieve what the legislative branch specifically refused to authorize on multiple occasions. Such an open-ended circumvention of immigration laws was an unconstitutional exercise of authority by the executive branch. You know, the left should be celebrating this. They really should. And they're upset today. Barack Obama has come out. Oh, he's shaking his finger. It's so bad that Donald Trump did this. Barack Obama is the man a month before he enacted DACA said it was unconstitutional for him to do it. Now, why? Let, let me work through the parameters of this first and, and why everyone should be cheering this decision, particularly people on the left. Article 1, Section 8 of the Constitution gives Congress the sole authority to establish laws related to naturalization and immigration. Congress can delegate powers to the president, but the powers delegated to the president have to be part of a law passed by Congress. Congress has passed a law that says if you are an illegal alien, you get to be deported. Congress did not say the president gets discretion to allow you to stay if you came here as a child. That's not in the law. In fact, Congress considered that law and rejected passing it. That is why Barack Obama said he had no power to enact DACA, because Congress considered it and refused to pass it, and there was no other legislative power for the president to act under. The problem is that Barack Obama, then several months after saying he didn't have the power to do it, did it anyway. And the reason he did it at the time was he said he hoped that by doing it, it would force Congress to act. Well, Congress still didn't act. The president didn't have the power to do it. Now, 
I realize you can go to a federal judge and based on whether a Democrat or Republican picked the judge, you can determine how that person is going to rule by and large. And a Democratic judge probably would say that the president has constitutional authority, but that doesn't mean that the Constitution really says it. Part of the problem we've got in this country today is that judges will tell you what you want to hear based on who picked them, not on what the Constitution actually says. So fewer and fewer people actually respect the process and respect the constitutional process. But here is a situation where the president of the United States decided he did not have the power and he gave it back to Congress. There are some huge implications for this. So it, let's let's review here, folks. The president of the United States, who the left has decided is too powerful and needs to be restrained, said, I don't have this power. We need to give it back to Congress. I can't do this. I'm not constitutionally allowed to do this. You would think that the left would be championing this. This is one of those situations where the president can't win no matter what he does with the left. The president of the United States, who the left says has gotten too powerful and needs to have his power curtailed, voluntarily gave up part of his power. Well, I shouldn't even say voluntarily gave up part of his power. He said he couldn't do something, that he was powerless under the Constitution to do it. His attorney general said so. So they told Congress they had to act. The very same thing Barack Obama said about this. The difference between the two is Barack Obama did it anyway, and Donald Trump's refusing to do it, refusing to go along with it, saying the president's not, not that powerful. You would think the left would be happy with this, but they're not, of course. They've decided the president's motivations are racist. I don't care what the president's motivations are. The president's attorney general says it was unconstitutional for the president to do it, and he's right based on the plain reading of the Constitution and the relevant statutes. Congress failed to act, expressly considered something, and did not do it. That therefore means the president cannot do it. We are not an, uh, an all-powerful executive. Now, I personally am sympathetic to DACA. I think it makes sense. When you've got someone who's 20, 25 years old, they came here as a toddler or younger. Their parents brought them here when they have no memory of their home country. The only country they know is the United States. They speak the language. They've got their favorite football team. They've got their favorite baseball team. They're going to college. They're trying to find a job, and they don't have an American citizenship. And this is the only country they know. They have no memory of their home country. It makes sense to me that we let those people stay. They are, for all intents and purposes, American, minus the citizenship. Maybe we don't give them citizenship status. Maybe we give them uh, registered alien status, permanent resident alien status. We don't give them citizenship, but we let them stay. We don't force them to go to a country they do not know, to find their way in a land they do not know. That makes sense to me. We as a country should not, particularly we as a Republican Party, should not be in the habit of breaking up families. I realize they came here illegally. What if they came here illegally and they never broke another law? In fact, they never drove because, I, in fact, I know someone in this very situation came here illegally, admits she came here illegally, but since she is here, can't think of a law she's broken. She doesn't even drive. She did not want to get fake papers to get a driver's license under fake pretenses. She does not drive because she knows she would be breaking the law. She pays taxes. She does everything. 
Her only illegal act was to come here illegally, and she did it because she wanted to take care of her family in Mexico. She sends money home to her family in Mexico. I don't have a problem with someone like that staying here. Don't give them citizenship. That's the punishment for coming here illegally. Give them permanent resident alien status. I don't think we should be breaking up the families, though. But regardless, I don't care whether you agree or disagree with me on that. We should all agree that if the President of the United States recognizes he does not have the power to do something, he should not do that. And Barack Obama recognized he did not have the power to do this, and he did it anyway. And Donald Trump is saying, I'm President, he was President, and we don't have the power to do it. Good. Good. I'm, I'm glad he recognizes it. I mean, if, if we look at a president of the United States like Barack Obama, who says, I don't have the power to do this, and I'm going to do it anyway, that's not a good president. That's bad because he's undermining the Constitution. And he took an oath to uphold, protect, and defend the Constitution, and he's not doing that. Donald Trump is doing a better job upholding the presidential oath than Barack Obama did in this regard. Think about that for a minute. And I know the left doesn't want to admit it. They look at this and they say, oh, he hates brown people. He's giving six months for Congress to act. He's not doing it overnight. He's not doing it immediately. He's saying, I'm going to do this in six months. Congress, you've got six months to act. The Republicans in Congress are upset. They don't want to deal with it. They don't want the fight. But it's the right thing to do. It's ridiculous for me to see members of Congress today complaining that the President of the United States is telling Congress, here's some of your power back. I shouldn't have it. And they're upset. How dare the President make them do their job? Um, I had two different people email me during commercial break and say, my friend that claims to be an illegal alien but pays taxes, uh, isn't she violating the law by paying taxes, surely using a uh, fake Social Security number? As a matter of fact, no. The federal government allows anyone not eligible for a Social Security number for any reason or no reason at all to apply for a taxpayer ID number, a TIN, a T-I-N. You don't have to have any reason to get it. All you have to do is say you're not eligible for a social security number and you get the taxpayer ID number and then you can pay your taxes. Now get this, line 21 of your standard 1040 or schedule C if you wanna file by schedule. That's where you can report your illegal income. So not only can you be an illegal alien and pay taxes in this country, but if you are a criminal selling drugs, you can report the profit on Schedule C of your 1040 or Line 21. And if you don't, the federal government's going to send you to jail like Al Capone. In addition to going to jail for drugs, you're going to go to jail for failing to report the income. So criminals actually have an incentive to file their income, as do illegal aliens. The government keeps the revenue stream of government separate from the criminality stream of government. So, yes, uh, this lady I know, she's a friend's housekeeper. She pays her taxes just like you and me, her only act coming here illegally about 30 years ago or so.
Man, y'all, I literally just sat back down on the chair. All the, the bosses showed up today at my house to rain on my parade. And I cooked lunch and uh, sliced my finger open. And so get into the studio this afternoon, and I'm just sitting here and realize my finger hurts. And look down, I got blood everywhere. So I ran off to find a Band-Aid down the hall and literally sat back down as Kurt Mellish was finishing his weather. Now, it is the weather I want to talk about for a minute. We've got Irma coming. And Irma is a killer storm. In fact, a buddy of mine uh, is a PhD in tropical cyclone climatology. He had a liberal go after him today on Twitter. Um, and the liberal clearly did not understand that this guy actually is an expert in hurricanes. And uh, he, <laughs> it was Kurt Eichenwald who went after him. It was very funny. Eichenwald wound up deleting his original tweet. Um, so anyway, um, the the hurricane is coming, and according to to Ryan's Twitter feed, the hurricane if we had the Saffir Simpson scale went above Category Five, it would be a Category Six. It's that big of a storm right now, and it doesn't show signs of weakening. It actually shows signs of strengthening, and as a result. Um, (laughs) we could be affected even here in Atlanta if it goes in its projected course. Right now, it appears like it's going to go over to Florida and then up the peninsula uh, into Georgia. Uh, Now, it's still a ways out, you should know. So there's no reason to panic. Um, But I had a friend earlier say her sister lives in West Palm Beach and they're already out of water and whatnot. Uh, And it definitely looks like it's headed to Florida. But the reason I bring up the hurricane is because of what the media is doing. My friend Ryan on Twitter noted that all of the media reports showing that the Atlantic weather is, in fact, the Caribbean is... um, higher the water is warmer than it has been in the past they've left all of the white out of the radar picture to show where places are normal they're making it look like everywhere is a whole lot warmer than it has ever been and many of the places are only slightly above average nothing significantly above average but you wouldn't know that if you listen to the media if you listen to a lot of uh, the liberals who are out there, they, they, they wouldn't do this. They, they wouldn't project this. They, they wouldn't admit this. They're rigging the radar map to make it look like it's worse than it is because they're in pursuit of their global warming agenda. You know, for years now, they have been warning us we were going to have more frequent and more terrible storms. And we have actually had fewer and fewer storms over the last number of years. Finally, we get Harvey that has a massive rain event. And now we get Irma that is the most powerful hurricane in the Atlantic ever. And suddenly, the left is thinking, finally, we can get people to turn off their air conditioner and stop driving their car and fix global warming. They're making, they're turning hurricanes into political events. Now, listen, I have gone on record before and will tell you again, I believe in climate change and I am in the minority in this audience. I I think the world is warming. I think it is probably more natural phenomenon than man-made. 
I think the left has a reason to overstate the amount that mankind has contributed to global warming because the left wants to regulate the economy and believes that if we can get everyone on board climate change, they will regulate the economy. What the left chooses to ignore is its own science that says that if if there is climate change and it is man-made as they say it is, we are beyond the point of it being reversible. We should instead adapt. And the left doesn't want to talk about adaptability because they would really like to wipe out the Western economy. Remember, and I, I kid you not, I make no joke, these people are watermelons. By watermelon, I mean they are red on the, out, or red on the inside and green on the outside. It is not a coincidence that the American and Western environmentalist movement just took off with meteoric effect after the fall of the Soviet Union, and that it really got its spring from the communist movements of the 70s and 80s. Many of your diehard environmental activists of today were communist activists in the 80s and 90s. What is so interesting and what is not surprising is that their solutions have never changed. In the 1980s and 90s, as communists, they were saying that it was Western imperialism and Western capitalism that was ruining the world. After the fall of the Soviet Union, when they left the Communist Party because they were no longer getting government subsidies from from Moscow and became environmentalists where they got government subsidies from the federal government because of fear-mongering over climate change and DDT and whatnot, the solution was exactly the same. We've got to give up the Western economy. The Western economy is, is just an imperialist, capitalist evil. They've never changed their talking points. They just went from being red communists to green environmentalists. They're watermelons. Now, I know a lot of people don't like to say that, and I'm sure if you got on Snopes.com, they would tell you that that's a lie, but it's not. Just trace the history of a lot of the mouthpieces. I mean, look at the the origins, oh, the origins, oh my Lord, I've only been in South Georgia for, what, 20 years, and I'm already sounding like this? Origins. Y'all look at the origins of this. (laughs) I blame the braces. The origins. Look at the origins of Earth Day on Lenin's birthday. It was a, a it was a, a one a murderer who helped start it, but they were a bunch of communists who moved into the environmental movement and used the environmental movement as a way to disrupt the American economy. And that is why people don't trust them and should not trust them on climate change and whatnot. I, I don't care that the world is warming. I really don't. And I know the left wants me to care. They care with the fervor of religion. They care with the fervor that I have for seeing the church in America excuse sin. It is a religious movement to them. It has been and it always will be. And you've got to make sacrifices. You've got to repent. You've got to go through religious service. You've got to do all of these things. But what the science itself says is that the best way we deal with climate change is to adapt to it, not to end the Western economy. Y'all, we have had a period of time in the world where we relied on solar power and wind power for energy. That was called the Dark Ages. And the left would love very much for us to go back to it. It is 55 after the hour. The phone number is 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Mike in Atlanta. You are up first tonight. Mike, welcome. Hi, Eric. How are you doing tonight? Good. How are you? 
I'm doing great, thank you. I wanted to, you touched on this earlier about the ending of the DACA program, and you're dead on. Um, my daughter is, lives in Argentina, her family, and a lot of the immigrants that are in Buenos Aires, if they work through the process, they can get legal immigrant status, but they'll never be citizens, and they'll, they'll be able to work, pay taxes, even own property, but they're never citizens, they never can vote, and they won't be able to access social programs that citizens have. And I think that's, as you said earlier, that's the right way to handle this, I think. You can let them stay, but, you know, there has to be a penalty for coming in or coming into the country illegally, but they can still stay and become part of the country. It's just they won't ever be citizens. Yeah, and listen, I, I think that there does have to be a penalty. What we can do is say you can stay and become a permanent registered alien, uh, where you don't have citizenship rights, but you get to stay here and not have to worry and look over your shoulder. Or exactly. you can leave the country and apply for citizenship and get in line behind all the other people. Your choice. I agree with you 100%. I think that's the right way to approach this. And well, thank you. Listen, my big concern, my overarching policy concern is I don't believe that we, particularly those of us who are people of faith, should be breaking up families. Yes, they came here illegally. If they've done nothing wrong in the last 30 years they've been here, show some grace. Let them stay. Don't give them citizenship, but let them stay. Don't break up the family. It is 6.09 in Atlanta, Georgia. This, what is today? Tuesday, the 5th. I, I, I'm i behind, and I've got a book report due tonight, too, for seminary. Oh, speaking of, I, I can I can weave all these topics together. Y'all, Elizabeth Warren loves her some Jesus. Did you know? The Boston Globe, I mean, we can just stop right there from taking this seriously, but the Boston Globe wants you to know Elizabeth Warren has that old-time religion. Yep, paganism. <laughs> Listen, so Elizabeth Warren uh, went to the South and talked about Jesus and quoted Matthew, and the poor we will always have, and you got to take care of the poor, and, and we've all got God in us, and oh, no, 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 no. I mean, she's got authentic religion. This, this comes on the heels of news stories that if only Hillary Clinton had just been honest about her faith, if only she had been, maybe she could have gotten those damn evangelicals to get away from that awful hell-bound Trump. Aww. This is, a, this is a, a funny article, and I have laughed about it since it came out, because if, for example, if you dare go on social media, and I increasingly dissuade people from getting on social media, just as a random aside, so my, my, my kid is in sixth grade, and I think she may be the only kid without a cell phone. She's got one, but it only has Wi-Fi. She doesn't have a phone number. And she's been sick this last week and not in school, and she missed the drama of a sixth-grade-wide uh, text exchange where kids were ridiculing each other and picking fights and whatnot, and it, it has become the scandal du jour. I don't know why a sixth-grader needs a cell phone. I really, they're, they're not old enough to drive. I mean, are you just passing your kid off? 
A, a sixth grader has enough drama moving into middle school to add to it devices like cell phones for mass communication through text message chains um, where, where there's all sorts of drama. You don't need to do this to your kid. It's not fair to your kid, even though you think you're being your kid's friend by giving them the cell phone. It's too much responsibility for a sixth grader to have. You don't need to give your kid a cell phone. I don't know why in our kid's school they, they get they get in detention if they have the phone on in school anyway. So I don't know why you want to do this to your kid. As an aside, my kids having to deal with all of this stuff and deal with the pressures of religion and getting into social media and what people are seeing more and more is the most malcontented souls hang out in social media. You know, part of my book uh, is I, 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 I give the scripture from Mark 5, or maybe it's the passage in Luke, the, the, the demoniac who is possessed by legion, and, and Jesus asks its name and says, Legion, for we are many, and he casts them into the pigs, and the pigs run down, and they drown, and I promise you they all got Twitter accounts when the demons came out of the dead pigs. I mean, the, the, the hounds of hell have Twitter accounts. It's a terrible place to go. But if you go on social media, what you see is that increasingly the Democratic Party is hostile to anyone who believes in God. As G.K. Chesterton said, if you don't believe in God, you'll believe in anything. And you got these people who are convinced in the rise of the robot machine army that's going to enslave humanity if we're not actually a hologram from a computer somewhere in some other universe. But they don't believe in God, the imaginary sky god, as they call him. And yet Elizabeth Warren is out there peddling her old-time religion. And Democrats are leaking that Hillary Clinton really was a religious person, if only we knew. So Elizabeth Warren, the reason she says this stuff, the reason the reporters are writing this, and by the way, you should know that liberal reporters don't really have religion either. Michael Cromartie, he died last week. He was one of the leaders of the Ethics and Public Policy Center in Washington, D.C., told an amazing story more than once, and he wasn't making this up. More than once, he had reporters call him asking if he knew the contact information for the author of the book of Galatians or Ephesians or First and Second Corinthians. Reporters, actual American political reporters, would call and ask him if he had St. Paul's contact information. Or did he know how to get hold of Peter from the Bible? No, he, he wasn't making this stuff up, folks. This is, this is a, a, the illiteracy of religion of the a modern American press corps. They are secular atheists from New England, just like Elizabeth Warren. But Elizabeth Warren and the media want you to believe that she has a deeply held faith. And the reason they want you to believe she has a deeply held faith is because the Democrats realize they got a problem. They do not relate anymore to black voters, Hispanic voters, or blue-collar white voters on the level of faith. Their party, as it moves left, is becoming increasingly secular, increasingly hostile to people of faith, increasingly atheist, and the majority of Americans are believers. And when you've got a party that is becoming increasingly white, gay, transgender, and rich, you increasingly alienate Hispanic and black and Asian voters those voters are going to be looking for another party. That's one of the reasons Democrats are not doing as well as they expected to do coming into 2018. 
Hispanic and black voters are dissatisfied with the Democratic Party. They are dissatisfied with the upper income, white, rich, gay mafia that runs part of the Democratic Party that is secular atheist and demands that bakers bake cakes for gay weddings. They don't like it. I mean, the demographic of people in the United States who are the most opposed to same-sex marriage are black and Hispanics. That happens to be a core base of the Democratic Party, which happens to be the chief enforcers of gay marriage in this country. Elizabeth Warren knows the Democratic Party has a problem with people of faith, and not just blue-collar white voters, but with black and Hispanic voters. The only thing holding black and Hispanic voters onto the Democratic Party is the state of the Republican Party right now, and that could change. Remember, folks, events change things, and the Democrats are mindful of it. Elizabeth Warren understands that the Bernie bros are a deeply malicious, malcontented force within the Democratic Party. They are young white men from well-to-do backgrounds from New England who don't have jobs. They live in their mother's basement. They listen to terrible podcasts. They smoke a lot of weed, and they hate Jesus. It's not that they don't believe in him. They hate him, and they hate the people who believe in Jesus, and they are out to get them. And she knows the Democrats can't win an election with those people. So she's got to have the Boston Globe run the story about how she's got deeply held faith. Now, mind you, when she talks about her faith, she sounds like someone who took a Rosetta Stone class in faith and got it all screwed up. We all have God in us. We all have a little Jesus in us. No, we all don't. There are the elect and the unelect. Doesn't matter whether you're a Calvinist or not. You understand what the term elect means. The people who have chosen God, there are people who haven't. They've rejected him. An atheist doesn't have a little Jesus in him at all. Well, there's a joke there, but it would involve, never mind, I better not get there. Unless his boyfriend's name is Jesus, we got problems. So in any event, all I'm saying is that Elizabeth Warren talks a good game, but this is a woman who wants the baker to bake the cake for the same-sex wedding, you nasty bigot, do it. This is a woman who believes it is okay for you to kill children. It is your right to kill your child until you take, take your child home from the hospital after delivery. This is a woman who believes that anyone can go to heaven, everyone can go to heaven, everyone has a little Jesus in them. Folks, you know, there are things you have to believe to be a Christian. You cannot believe Vishnu is real and say you're a Christian. If you believe Vishnu is a path to heaven and a path to enlightenment, you can't do that. There are things you have to believe in. And for Elizabeth Warren to go out and talk like this, the problem that she's got is that people of faith recognize the inauthentic, the posers, the people who are lying about it. And having liberal reporters from New England tell you she's got Jesus is a big indicator she probably doesn't. It is 27 after the hour. I... I think I should tell you guys this uh, and and not just leave it hanging. Um, And I don't want you to think otherwise, but I have made the decision um, to not continue doing the live reads for Mattress Firm in the show. And I want you guys to know I I do love the company and have been a longtime customer of theirs. Uh, Christy and I have bought a number of mattresses from them. Um, but I just, I feel like they, we do them so often 
and it it abridges segments of the show so much and we just we couldn't work out a better way to do it so i decided i would uh give up doing the ads so i could have more content time with you guys during the show um but even though you may not hear them moving forward uh they still are a, a great place to buy a mattress and good people so uh know that going forward now when we come back we got to talk about mario brothers we we really do have to talk about mario brothers Thirty-nine after the hour. I am tired of people just screwing up my childhood. You know, this all starts with George Lucas. George Lucas is proof that time travel does not exist. Because someone, for the sake of humanity in my childhood, would have gone back in time and killed George Lucas sometime before or shortly after Return of the Jedi, possibly before to get rid of the Ewoks, but definitely after. The fact that George Lucas uh, was able to do episodes one, two, and three means no one no one took one for the team and went back in time and took him out, uh, thereby saving us the travesty that was those things. It is proof time travel doesn't exist. And ever since then, people have just screwed up our childhoods repeatedly. That was one of the great things about Michael Bay's original Transformer movie is it felt like someone actually appreciated our childhood movies. And now Nintendo is out and has decided that Mario is no longer a plumber. In fact, according to their new website, all around sporty, whether it's tennis or baseball, soccer or car racing, Mario does everything cool. As a matter of fact, he also seems to have worked as a plumber a long time ago. Y'all? My kid and I played Super Mario Brothers on our classic Nintendo just yesterday, and he was cleaning pipes. He was going down pipes. He was going up pipes. Dude is a plumber. So is Luigi. He always has been. This revisionist history cannot stand. It is horribly offensive. These people keep screwing up our childhood. What next? Are we going to find out that Chewbacca is really just a furball coughed up by some dog? I just, I, I think they need to stop this whole revisionist history stuff. Even my kids accept the fact that Mario is a plumber. There's nothing to be ashamed of in being a plumber. Is Nintendo suggesting that there is shame in being a plumber? That seems to be what they are suggesting. Mario is a plumber. They need to deal with it. On a completely separate subject, I want to introduce you to Robbie Travers. Robbie Travers is a law student in Edinburgh. He goes to Edinburgh University. It is in Scotland. It is only a matter of time before what happened to Robbie Travers happens here. Robbie Travers is a third-year law student. He has committed a hate crime, or at least is being investigated for committing a hate crime. What was his hate crime? On social media, he said he was glad that the United States was bombing ISIS. In fact, he said that it was a good thing that the Islamic State was being wiped out. He mocked ISIS on social media. And students have complained 
and according to the university, he might have put minority students at risk and in a state of panic and fear for daring to mock ISIS on social media. Now, this seems like an off-the-wall story, and it's something from Scotland, and you say it could never happen here, but you are wrong. We may have a First Amendment in this country, but the protections of the First Amendment are only as strong as liberal activist judges will allow. And increasingly in this country, you say something about these people, and the left accuses you of a hate crime. You are allowed to say any nasty thing you want about Christians in America. And the left will allow you and cheer you on. One, because they know that Christians are not going to come blow them up for cheering you on. And two, the things of the world hate the things of God. The secular, atheist, left-wing wackadoos out there are perfectly happy to defend Islam because the things of the world side with the things of the world against the things of God. As they're all worldly creations, they defend each other even though they are mutually incompatible and contradictory. You cannot say about Islam the things you can say about Christianity. It's only a matter of time before Robbie Travers is in the United States have the same problem where left-wing academics come and charge them with hate crimes for daring to cheer on the end of a terrorist regime. We really have entered the upside-down world, where right is wrong and wrong is right, and truth is a lie and lie is the truth. Fifty-five after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News. Tomorrow night, I'm sure we'll have more on DACA as the Democrats are just outraged by the president restraining himself, something they've wanted him to do.